welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for product managers and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping product managers become product masters. Listen and get ready to take your career to the next level for the doctor is in. Hi, this is Chad, and this is where you make your move from product manager to product master, learning practical knowledge that leads to more influence and confidence so you'll create products customers love. I'm still on the road doing my three-month road trip through the Northeast, finding interesting product managers and amazing innovators to share knowledge with us. This interview is coming from one I recorded a few months ago with some valuable information. Learning how to best work with a product team or organization requires taking the right action and avoiding mistakes along the way. Your opportunities to make that first good impression, well, they're obviously a bit limited, so you need to make the most of them. Most product managers will work with a new team from time to time, and many will change organizations. And it turns out that the tips for managing these transitions also apply to your daily work tips that actually help you be a better product manager. So there's really good reason to listen to all the information in this interview. To explore this transitioning well, Gavin Foyer joins us. He is now a senior product manager for T-Mobile, recently making the transition away from Amazon. Gavin brings a strong entrepreneurial mindset to the role of product manager, which you'll hear throughout the interview. His Amazon colleagues shared that his superpower is the ability to think big. He's happy to help people who have a really big idea think more deeply about it, and he also volunteers as a mentor to undergraduate students at the University of Washington, always willing to take on the right motivated mentee that is new to product management. You'll find the summary of our discussion at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 188. Now on to the interview. Gavin, thanks for joining the Everyday Innovators. Thanks for having me, Chad. I always love a good product management story about how people got into product management. So I wanted to start there with you. Can you just share what that journey was like for you and how long you've been a product manager? Sure. So uh, it kind of fell into my lap a little, or I guess I chased it down maybe is a better way to put it. Um, so I was working at Amazon as a program manager. And in my spare time, I had uh, what I thought was a pretty big idea and took the time to do what we do at Amazon, which is write it up into a really long document and continued to push it around until somebody at the senior level would uh, listen to me. And eventually somebody bit and asked me to come start being the product manager on that uh, idea that I proposed. So I kind of created my own product job, if you will. And that's a great way to go about it, right? So a lot of different paths. This one I don't think happens too much, but I think it is a perfect way to get into product management is to create that idea that's going to resonate with customers and with management. That's pretty cool. And I take it you can't talk about what this product is yet. Correct. (laughs) Okay. It's ongoing. And you're in transition, which is what we're going to spend most of our time talking about. This was a great opportunity. Tell us, how long have you been in product management now? It's about four years? Uh, I would say about three, okay. about three years. That's great background for us to know, uh, you know, all the very innovators listening. And now you're transitioning to another organization and you've been there just a few weeks. And I thought this is a perfect opportunity to talk about what is that like to transition? What have you learned? But we can't pass up the opportunity to hear about kind of a, a big lesson learned from Amazon. In your time there, what, what was some key takeaways? What really impressed you as a kind of what you would do as a product manager based on your Amazon experience? Sure. I think uh, there are probably two big buckets of takeaways for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Number one uh, would be the leadership principles that they have there. And I think that they sort of serve as a constitution of sorts to enable anybody to have a conversation about anything. Um, there are 14 of them. And if you can back up what you're saying with them, uh, number one being customer obsession, I think that uh, really empowers you to get a lot done. And so figuring out uh, kind of what those equivalents are for your organization and uh working off of them is a super powerful thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then number two, I think the uh, writing process that Amazon has um, is a really powerful one. I think it takes a lot longer. Uh, it is not always easy, but I think that you end up having to think through things a lot more uh, than if you're building, say, PowerPoint slides. Um, and it really forces good discussion. So I think that those would be my two big things. Tell us more about that process. And it sounds like that was involved in you becoming a product manager, right? Having to write up the idea and then ultimately collaborate and get the senior management to pay some attention. What's involved in that writing process? Yeah, so I think uh, if anyone wants super detailed information, it's definitely Googleable. Mm -hmm. That's a word. Maybe not. Should be a word if it's not. Yep. Um, and it's called the working backwards process. And essentially, you. Uh, write a news story uh, that takes place in the future of what it sounds like when your new release is announced, uh, of course, focused on the customer. Um, and then with that comes a host of frequently asked questions um, that you write from both the customer perspective and the business perspective. And so the, the idea behind it, mean, meaning you that uh, paint the picture of the future and mm -hmm. uh, help set the steps to get there. Yeah, it really requires a lot of not only detailed thinking, but kind of foresight into how your product would be used by customers. And when I first heard this idea of one of the early steps for a product manager at Amazon is to write that press release for your product really before the product concept is you know fully fleshed out. In the process, you really do have to flesh it out a lot. I thought that was a really good idea because it puts it immediately in terms of the customer's perspective and what you would want to tell them about it. Yeah, Absolutely. And it, it ties right into the leadership principles too, yep. with uh, customer obsession. And you'll, you know, often hear leadership principles mentioned uh, when people are reviewing each other's um, PR FAQs. Like, hey, you know, you could have uh, dived deeper here. You know, where's the data? Yep. <laughs> Classic line. Did you find in your experience there that, that created a lot of collaboration with people that you might not otherwise be interacting with? Oh, absolutely. I think it. Uh, it's kind of the conversation starter, if mm -hmm. you will. I think it kind of gives you a seat at the table <laughs> to talk about things because uh, we don't like, you know, wasting time at Amazon, right? So um, I think that there's a lot of uh, a lot of collaboration that has to happen to get all of the answers that you need to be able to write that kind of thing. And I think that's an important reminder for us as product managers too. That this is a role of collaboration, of working cross-functionally, of gaining support from others for our ideas and letting others help us really flush out the ideas and see what sticks and what doesn't stick. Absolutely. Good insights. Thanks for sharing that. Now on to the transition, what I really wanted to focus about. How long have you been with your new company? Uh, so I've been at T-Mobile for a little bit over a month now. Okay. So that's the context. So this is a, a recent transition, really good information. And, you know, every company has its pros and cons for employees. Don't need to get into the details of that. What I really want to learn from you is what, as a product manager, how you kind of get, are getting settled in, so to speak, what that transition is like. So let, let's start with what's been working and what you would recommend to others. 
Yeah, so I think that uh, early on, I've kind of taken a two-step approach and uh, both over or both under the theme of, I should say, learning as much as I possibly can about how we got to this point with what I'm working on. Um, so, of course, there's, you know, understanding the culture of the company and, and that sort of thing. But um, specific to my product, I'm basically taking the time to meet with anybody who's had a hand in it in any way, shape or form. Uh, the list of questions that I go through with them to kind of, uh, you know, understand what major milestones they contributed to and uh, any things they would have done better along the way to get to this point and, you know, what's worked well uh, to make sure that we don't stop doing any of that. And then with that, uh, you know, any data and documentation that already exists related to the product, um, which is kind of just allowing me to, to dive in. Um, mm-hmm. I think that there's been a little bit of uh, what I would call unlearning uh, that's taken place. I think not every company culture is going to be exactly the same. So, um, you know, unlearning a little bit of the Amazon way, if you will, and replacing it with... Uh, some of the ways uh, that T-Mobile does things has been uh, a really cool and interesting process. And I think that, you know, of course, at the same time, not completely losing that because uh, I think it is a part of how I do product management. But sure. yeah, in, in summary, just meeting all of the right people, getting, uh, you know, the right information from them that I feel like I need. And uh, when I'm done with that, which should be in the next week or two here, I'm, you know, going to turn the sights on actually planning out what comes next. Okay. I just want to contrast this with some other approaches I've heard, right? Good, bad, and different. Sometimes I hear this come up retrospectively when people talk to me about their interview process. Sometimes people jump into the new organization thinking that as the product manager, they have to have the clear vision for what we're going to go, right? Like, hey, I'm the new guy on the block. This is my job to set the vision and tell everyone where we're headed to without taking time to recognize that you know, you're, you're kind of joining a train that is already on the tracks <laughs> going someplace and getting familiar with what that is. Sometimes I, I think about this in terms of when we go to the doctor, we really want the doctor to take the time to first diagnose what's wrong before they start prescribing what we need. Exactly. That is exactly right. I think it's uh, an easy way to lose tr- trust quickly is to come in and act like you know everything. And uh, you know, while there are obviously uh, what people would refer to as product management best practices, and they're hotly debated uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> what those best practices are, I think that at the end of the day, if you're joining a new role, there's no possible way you could know within a week everything that needs to be done. So I think it's absolutely a process to make sure that you fully understand the ins and the outs before you start flipping any levers. Yeah, it's an excellent point. There's already been decisions made. People have gone down roads and thinking about what to do. And there might be very valid reasons for not having done something and getting familiar with kind of that background. Not only helps you get up to speed with kind of the history of where the product is at this point, but you also talked about, you know, building trust. And you need to establish some rapport and start creating trust with other people. Do you have any examples that stand out in terms of just trying to do that, you know, specifically establishing trust with the new people that you're working with? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, <laughs> volunteering for the hard stuff, um, mm. not that there was anything super crazy that happened in the first month, but, uh, there was a, a small launch that happened that coincided with a bigger launch, uh, for the rest of the company. And so, you know, 
I think it was the Sunday after my first or second week of work, I ended up coming to the office to contribute to a war room hmm. for a few hours. And, you know, I, I felt like, you know, things like that, looking for ways to go a little bit over the top early on, is important to kind of prove yourself. Mm-hmm. That's a good example. The When I've looked at trust in teams in the past, you know, one of the key ways we build trust is simply following through on our commitments. We say we're going to do something, and then we're going to do, we actually do that thing that we say. Absolutely. And anybody can do that. Right. Yeah, exactly. The And just showing that you're part of the work, right? You showing up on a Sunday because others were, and they you had this kind of, you know, big push to get things done. And just to be there to contribute is pretty powerful to say that you, you know, you're a team player and you want to be part of the team. Yeah. And, you know, to be completely clear, I had absolutely nothing to contribute at that point yet, right? Because yeah. I was so early on in the role, but, you know, just being there for support, I think it, at the least, you know, you don't have to understand everything right, right away, but yeah, exactly. That and uh, doing something about it is all that really matters. Yeah. You know, sometimes just the showing up is the important part. And then we kind of figure things out once we're there and, and, and how we can help. And, and a lot of that is just building the relationships. We'll get back to the discussion in just a minute. This episode of The Everyday Innovator is brought to you by Product Innovation Educators, your one place for online training to make the move from product manager to product master. When you enroll in one of our online courses, it's like having Chad McAllister as your personal coach. In each course, you get video lessons, added resources, and a private community for collaboration with other product managers and innovators. And, of course, you get direct access to Chad, who will answer your questions and get you heading in the right direction. Past students tell us the concepts, practices, and tools are valuable, but the real benefits they gain are being more confident, increasing their influence in their organization, and generating greater success for themselves and their company. There are four levels of training to become a product master. Find your level now. Get started by going to the everydayinnovator.com forward slash master. You're one place to become a product master. The everydayinnovator.com forward slash master. Don't wait. Get started now. I think product managers are really well served by taking time to build relationships before they actually need them. We work so cross-functionally, and we need people in the right places to help, uh, you know, just support us and get the work done that needs to get done. Have you taken any steps like that or just seen that kind of happen in terms of starting to build relationships when you might need them later? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the probably even all the way up through last week, uh, I put time on almost everybody in my organization's calendar just to get to know them better one-on-one and, you know, understand their personal backgrounds and what makes them tick. I think seeing people as a whole and not just, you know, limited to your work interaction with them is super important to being collaborative and effective in the future. And like you said, laying that foundation, I think, for which to uh, build future work on, Mm -hmm. even if you're not right away. Give us a little more ideas, a little more detail on what that looked like. Who did you pick to start meeting and how did you ask for time with them? Yeah, so I think I had two buckets of people that I wanted to meet with. Uh, one were people on, you know, my direct team. So uh, below my director and below. Um, and so those are people that, you know, I, I guess I would consider peers, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, and for, for those people, I 
literally sent them a calendar invite with a little note about wanting to uh, get to know them better with a few of the things I wanted to talk about and, uh, you know, put some time on the calendar, go grab coffee and uh, Uh just started working through them and super casual, you know, nothing, not taking notes in these or anything. And, you know, how many kids do you have? Do you have kids? What do you like to do on the weekend? You know, really just like at a human level, understanding them and, you know, where'd you work before this, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I think the other bucket would be the people that I'm actually, you know, working with from a business and product perspective, which aren't necessarily all on my team. In fact, most of them aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that group, it was a little bit of the uh, getting to know you, if you will. Uh, but I would say, you know, the other half of it was definitely focused on uh, sort of how they've interacted with my team uh, prior and, you know, again, what's worked well, what hasn't and, and that sort of thing. Did you find any uh, pushback, any resistance to trying to set this up and having just that human level interaction as opposed to being kind of business focused? I did not get any pushback. I had, uh, surprisingly, I had some very, uh, warm and happy responses. People are very open to meeting. And I think, yeah, it's hard for me to say how <laughs> consistent that is seen as this is the first time I've changed companies since joining uh, out of college. But I think, uh, yeah, I had, had a really warm and happy experience with it. And especially at T-Mobile, I think there's a pretty long average tenure there. People mm. love working there and they stay there for a long time. And uh, I think that really shows in the people. Um, they're very you know, open and willing to share their experiences and how they've seen the company evolve, you know, as it's kind of become the uncarrier. And uh, so, yeah, people are great. Yeah. Very helpful. I think this is really important advice that you're sharing to get, get to know people first and just be interested in the person before diving in, into business things. I think it's probably tempting for a lot of product managers that might be making that transition to want to you know, jump in, learn everything they can about the product, that's great, and then start meeting with the people that they're working with and talking about how to further the product. And not having that personal connection first, not taking time to do that, I think you doing that really prepares you better for the future by, because you're focusing on building those relationships, and that will help the work be more productive later. Yeah, I think it's, it's a long-term approach. Yeah, did this just come natural or was it... Did you think through how you're going to make this transition? I kind of had my own ideas about it. And then I took to the internet to make sure that they weren't entirely off base ideas. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's kind of, how, that's generally how I do things. It's like, I think it was pretty good. Let's make sure I'm not crazy. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that that's, it's more just kind of how I am as a person. I think anybody that knows me will tell you that I'm very interested in, in people as a whole and, uh, my interactions with them. I think that if you can make a good connection, then the rest of the stuff will come and it'll be, you know, a lot easier to, to, if you need data from somebody, if you already have a good personal relationship with them, they're going to be a lot more likely to help you out. Right. Um, So yeah, I I think that's just kind of indicative of how I am as a person that I I think in terms of people and uh, you know, whether that's the customer or else. Yep. And maybe that curiosity over customers, right, serves, serves as well as product managers if you're curious about people. I think this is really wise. I, I have suggested on this podcast before, you know, if you're in a product management role, you have to have these cross-functional relationships, and you should be building them regularly. That could simply look like taking someone to lunch or meeting someone for lunch that you don't know in the organization once a week. 
and just scheduling time to say, hey, I'm really curious what your role's like, what you do, and just get to know people more. Starting that way before diving into other things, I think is, is really, really wise. That sounded like a really good experience. You built up some relationships with people. At some point, you need to transition more to the work aspect, right? The, the product we're trying to develop and then how these people fit into that. Has that started yet? Yeah, so I think that I kind of uh, start to blend that into the tail end of getting to know people, if mm-hmm. you will. So um, I'm kind of, you know, there, sometimes there's existing documentation. I would say the majority of the time there isn't. I don't think that's specific to any company. I right. think that just when documentation gets created, if it does, it's usually out of date pretty quickly. So yeah, exactly. Um, I'm kind of in the process of re-documenting everything related to uh, the product and how we got here. Um, And so that's part of that is plugging the right people into the right work. And I think that a lot of that too is, you know, this process of getting to know these people has helped me to uncover all of the work that needs to be done. And also, uh, you know, work that's already in progress. Um, So I think that, in the absence of a up-to-date central documentation, to me, people are really the only way you're ever going to figure out all the work that needs to be done. Yeah. And like you said, it seems like there's kind of three key aspects of that, you know, doing this transition is, well, maybe four, you know, meeting the people involved, getting all the people involved, understanding what is in progress, understanding why it's in progress, right? How, how do we get to that point? And then what still needs to be done? What, what What's coming next? Yeah, I think it's kind of your classic uh, stop, start, and continue exercise. Mm, okay. All right, where you're looking at everything objectively and saying, do we stop doing this? Do we need to keep doing this? Are we doing this? You know, do we continue doing this? Is this something that is important? You know, are we keeping the lights on? Is there a reason for it? Or, hey, we're not doing these things and we need to be doing them, so let's get it going. And updating the the documents, the information that is available I think it's a useful addition for a new product manager in in an organization to make because it helps you get your hands around, you know, what is known, you know, kind of documenting that, you know, what's in progress, why, and what needs to be done next. But also that gives you now a kind of a concrete opportunity to collaborate with others around what is going on. And it's providing some value. None of us are enamored with documents. We don't want to spend our time just generating documents. But I think it's a good exercise to get things brought up to date and kind of get grounded in what's going on if you're new to new, new to the place. Yeah. And, you know, also I think one thing that I found that was kind of surprising uh, and very helpful is that also uncovered some things that I think were thought of as correct in sort of tribal knowledge, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but that actually weren't the case. So like there were a couple of things that were sort of talked about uh as if they were one way and upon further digging and putting it in writing, you know, somebody else calls out, well, actually, I don't think that's the way that works. And you end up, you know, uncovering things that you didn't necessarily know were the way they were just because somebody said they were. If that yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking with a uh, person who was making a transition to a new company in a product marketing role, wanting to move into product management also. Right. And one of my suggestions was to just kind of get grounded in that, I'm a big fan of the Lean Canvas, Ash Mariah's, you know, Lean Canvas, one page, nine block thing to kind of lay out a product concept and the value proposition, who you're serving, how you're, how you're solving the problem for them. And said, you know, why don't you just make one of those? And that would be a great single piece of paper for you to collaborate with the people you need to get to know and kind of see if we're all on the same page or not, right? Have the same information. 
And that was really helpful in that instance. And I think, you know, something like that, just a tool to let you collaborate over what the product vision is about is really helpful. Totally. I think, uh, yeah, I think that that's a little more, uh, how do I explain this? I don't want to say slide deck style, but uh, a little more visual, Mm -hmm. um, which is, I think, you know, a lot more what I'm seeing in my new role, whereas, you know, at Amazon, it was the PRFAQ was that, the writing document was that kind of collaboration point. Yep. Yeah. A very different culture just in terms of the processes used. And Amazon is heavy into the the thick document as a way of uncovering the details of this product and product experience. So that will be interesting in your transition as you see more of that, just how that's kind of different and what, what works and what doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of good things going on in that transition. The, you know, it's only been about a month into this. And I'm sure there's probably been some things along the way that you go, you know, if I could do that differently, I probably would. Anything that comes up like that, that you'd say, hey, you know, product manager making the transition, don't do this or do this a little bit differently. Uh, You know, I think the biggest thing is actually uh, kind of what just started to come out, which is, uh, I think, you know, my first week or two, there were certain things that, you know, somebody said this, so I assumed it was true. Um, I think challenging, you know, kind of the answer to things, if you will, to really dig in and make sure that the answer is correct and not, you're not just hearing it, uh, mm-hmm. is really important. I think that it's really easy to just accept it face value. Oh, so-and-so told me, so it must be correct. Um, and you know, it's like, it's obviously not on purpose <laughs> to be clear, but, uh, you know, that they had it wrong, but sometimes, uh, you need to get to the bottom of things. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's very easy early on, uh, to fall into the trap of not being willing to challenge things if they don't sound right um, because you're new and you don't want to sound out of place or anything. But I think that even if I could go back to my first day, I think now, you know, there's some things that we've uncovered, um, but they could have been uncovered earlier had I, you know, asked more uh, hard questions early on. Okay. You know, one of the tools product managers are often familiar with is the five whys, right? We just keep, if we're talking to a customer, we're trying to get to the root of the problem, just keep asking why, you know, why, why do you do that? Well, why did you do that? And why is a very powerful question to try to understand people's motivation and understand the problem more clearly that we're trying to address for them. Is that the sort of thing that you're suggesting there? You know, because I think that's a tool that can be used without making someone uh, you know, presenting a conflict and challenging to them, you're just trying to understand deeply what is actually going on. Yeah. So I think that that definitely covers a large swath of uh, what I'm referring to. The, the one that I'm specifically thinking about in my head, it was mm-hmm. actually more of a process thing. A, uh, you know, customer does this, then X happens, then Y happens, then Z mm-hmm. happens. But it was actually customer does this, then thing A happens, then Z happens, then X happens. Right. Uh, kind of thing. So it was, it was more of a customer flow thing in this uh, scenario, but uh, I totally agree that the five whys is a super important thing. And I think I do a lot of that in those sort of one-on-one uh, interviews and get to know people's that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. It's not that anyone has malicious intent, right? It's, it's just like if I go into an executive team and ask them what the strategy of, of the organization is, if there are six people on that executive team, I'm likely going to hear six different answers. Right. We build up our experiences and history with the product in the organization in different ways. And sometimes we just have a completely wrong understanding of some aspect because we thought A was going to happen. When it actually got implemented, it turned out to be B. 
And we never knew the difference. That's exactly it. You're adding value by you know being able to dig in and recognize some of that and do a better job helping everyone get on the same page of understanding. Right. Okay. That's really useful. I, I think some of the, the biggest part of this for listeners is if you're making this transition, you know, don't jump in and be that bull in the China China store, right? Exactly. First Take time to build the relationships, understand what has happened, try to get some insights about why that has happened. No doubt there's already been lots of discussions that have taken place that you might be thinking about product vision in exactly the same way, and you need to be familiar with what those discussions have been and what decisions have been made. Align yourself with that work and then start really being the champion for the vision once you've done that. Absolutely. Really useful information. As listeners know, I love an innovation quote. I always ask for one. Uh, what do you have for us, and why did you choose that one? Sure. So I have uh, not necessarily a traditional innovation quote, nor mm-hmm. is it necessarily about innovation, but uh, I think it applies. And so that's uh, the quieter you become, the more you can hear. And uh, it's a quote by Ram Dass uh, from Be Here Now. And I think that uh, it applies to innovation and in that it's very easy to uh, kind of lead people along to the answers you want to hear or to the problem that you think you're trying to solve. Um, but I think that the more you listen, uh, the more that you're going to truly understand, you know, customer pain points and, uh, you know, kind of going back to that five whys that we talked about. Um, I think mm-hmm. that it really just listening is what's going to pull out the most important tidbits that allow you to make a great product. I like that quote, and I always love hearing a new one, and uh, this is new. So, the quieter you become, the more you can hear, and that idea that we just need to step back and, and listen. Really applicable to transitioning right now, as you're learning from others uh, and getting up to speed on what they've done in the product. Exactly. Thanks for sharing that one with us. For anyone that is curious and wants to reach out to you or make a connection, how can they best do that? Uh, so I'm on LinkedIn, uh, first name, last name, as is uh, on the podcast, and uh, also on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Gav says, G-A-V-S-A-Y-S, and uh, occasionally post things, sometimes inspirational, sometimes funny, uh, sometimes shameless uh, <laughs> dog headshots of my chocolate lab. So if you're into that kind of thing. Labs are great. We had a yellow lab for 12 years and then we're dogless for a while. And now we have a Wheaton Terrier, which is a whole different sort of dog. Uh, She's been great fun, but labs just exist to love people. They're wonderful. They do. They're They're quite fun. And I'll put the links in the show notes for this to make it easy for people to connect with you on LinkedIn and find your Twitter feed and like. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for sharing kind of the, what insights you've gained so far from making that transition from Amazon to another organization and how you're building relationships there. Really good information for us. Thank you. And, uh, you know, maybe should add to uh, my opinions are probably not representative of either of these companies in case that wasn't clear. Good transition information about your own experience for sure. Absolutely. Thanks, Gavin. Thanks, Chad. Thanks again for listening to The Everyday Innovator. This is where you make your move from product manager to product master, gaining the influence and confidence you need to create products that customers love, customers actually love. Find the summary of the discussion with Gavin at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 188. Keep innovating. 
you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit our blog at theeverydayinnovator.com.